Games.com. Episode 22. 22. I'm Ambi. I'm Kana. And we're drinking at the Newstead, Newstead Brewery. Yeah, that's right. What are you drinking, Ambi? Oh, shit. <laughs> you quickly check the wine. Drinking a wine, of course. Uh, it is a NB Co Cabernet Sauvignon 2012 from Victoria somewhere. How, How about it? you? How is it? Yeah, it's alright. I'll probably try something different next time. Okay. Well, I'm drinking an Out in the Boot Pale Ale. Yes. It's a play on the words because they've got a, um, they've got like one of these old style pugilists. Yes. There with his, uh, you know, his, his braces down and he's bare chested and he's, you know, he's got a beard. So. And I, I brought thought, that uh, coaster over so you could saw it looked a lot like you. But then in retrospect, looking at it, it doesn't at all. Well, I did go get around with just a mustache for a bit. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah I understand that. It's nice. It's good. So. So this place is a, a, well, it's a brewery, it's a microbrewery, yep. um, and it's in Newstead in, what? Brisbane? Brisbane. Yeah, of course it's Brisbane, <laughs> it's a suburb of Brisbane. Um, I got here on the, on the, um, on the, on the city cap, yeah, yeah. and coming in, you see, you're seeing all these old um, wool warehouses along the uh, coastline, I was really, I thought, oh cool, you know, I'm going to be in one of those. It's going to be in one of these places, a retrofitted Yep, old wool space. Anyway, I get off the ferry and then I'm just going through this architectural limbo of modern crap. Crap. It's just, <laughs> oh my god, I'm just getting lost in this this horrendous vibe. And then coming into this, um, well, it's a bit of a breath of fresh air because adjacent to this, um, well, renovated warehouse is you know this 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 this, this neo architectural. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of, lot, of, and... lot of development work around here, both with shitloads of units, which are just going up everywhere in Brisbane, being bought by the Chinese because they've got so much money they don't know what to do with it. Because they can, yeah. <laughs> Not realising, of course, that like half of those units are currently unleaded and no one wants to move into them because there's too many of them. Yeah, that and the, uh, the what, transport's not really up to par to get to this part of the world. Oh, the right. buses are there, but you, know, just got here in a, you got here in a ferry. I got here in a bus that was came, came through town every five minutes. <laughs> okay, all right, I stand correct. Anyway, you know, anyway, but you know, I mean, they've got a wicked range of beers here. Yeah, really good range of beers. If it was if it was a beer day, I'd be into it. Yep. Anyway, I'm I'm happy with it. Yeah, well, it's, nice it's, isn't it good that like we're only what two weeks into spring? And they've already got the fans on, it's so hot. The big fans, yeah. Big, big motherfucker fans. It says something about what summer's going to be like. Yeah. Anyway, diplomacy. Yes. Big news on V Diplomacy. Massive news. We are now entering into new variants. Yes, yes. yes. I was, as I said to you just before we started recording, I feel like we're going into a, a bit of a new golden age. It's like a renaissance. We've looked, we've gone through the dark ages, you know, we look back at that, you know, Hacian era of, you know, the Roman Empire, and now all of a sudden, after a long, long, long time, we're starting to have, you know, all those Ninja Turtles painting all their paintings. and I, I, I was actually thinking about this uh, just recently, that there would be quite a few V Diplomacy players who have never experienced the joy of new variants popping up on the system. You're 100% correct. I never yeah, thought of that. It's been, what, two years now-ish? Yeah, we had, like, a brief, brief period of, like, this small mini Blip. golden age. Yep. Blip, really? When 1600 came out. Was it 1600? Yeah. 
Must have been, yep. And then I think shortly after it was the Lightman in succession. And then like nothing for a while. So hopefully we're not going through another blip. I well, don't think we are. No, because we are... By the time this comes out... Which won't be too long. Probably have to by the end of the week, actually. Oh, well... Because um, I don't have to do all the editing and stuff that I have to do for interviews. Interviews, like, take fucking five hours to edit. They're an absolute pain in the ass. Oh, okay. So that explains why it takes up to two, three weeks sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Between that and diplomacy and life and I No, I, I'm just giving you shit. Yeah, um, how unusual. Yeah. But no, as you know, I'm, I'm moderator yes. and aware of some of that stuff that's going on behind the scenes and Ollie is doing a bit of a website update because it's catching up with uh, the web dip code which has been updated yep. since Ollie's updated it and he's bringing across some of that code. So is that all the new code that's been put together by Kestis? I would imagine some of that would be part okay. of that as well. Yep. Um, I understand he's also in contact with no pun intended. Yep. Um, About which is 1900? Yeah, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, like but I'm still name. not really sure exactly what's been going on there as to how close that's going to be. Right. However, with this recent release of the Balkans 1860 variant, which we'll talk about later. Yes. Good. Because it's a really cool looking variant. Yep. And a lot of people are really excited about it. Uh, Ollie has mentioned that give it a few weeks and he will be introducing the Napoleonic variant, which has been on the uh, Russian lab for uh, quite some time. And I think we did a little bit of a talk about that uh, yes. uh, last episode. Uh, yeah, we did, we did. We did spend a little bit. When we were looking, we were talking about the lab that had been set up by Flame yes. over at Diplomat. Yes. Um, and I think he set up four different variants, four different variants at the time. We talked about three of them, because we were all in four of those games, and one of them you didn't want to talk about. Which was, I think, the uh, Mongolian one. Oh, the Mongolian one. Yes. But we did get to talk around Napoleonic, which was, as I think, it was we'll say, go back, rewind, see that episode, or listen to that episode again. But that's a, a fucking beautiful map. Oh, it's a lovely map. It's a great game to play. And one of the, it's, you just it's, have to remember there's no neutral spots. There's no neutral spots. <laughs> yeah, I joined that one. I thought, oh, well, I was in for a bit of a shock, you know. So, that was the one where I was Turkey and I ended up with all my units in. Austria and Austria had all these units in Turkey. Yeah, that's and right. it was yeah. you can only build in your own home supply center, so we're both fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But no, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to that. I think with a larger play base and a large because of that that comes with that a larger variety of play styles, I think you get some very interesting strategies surrounding that Napoleonic variant. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that. One thing I'd actually like to see is I'd like the Napoleonic variant to get up and running. And I've said this in one of our very earliest of earliest episodes when we were just talking about ideas about what variants we'd like to see develop. And I talked about Napoleonic and, or something like a Napoleonic variant. Yes. But what I'd love to see is using picking up that map so it'd be pretty bloody easy and actually flipping it around like those cakes that we can be moving in the background. Flipping it around so that you can have another version of that variant that's basically set at the height of Napoleon. Like the greatest extent. The greatest of... extent of his, you know, all the way into Russia type of thing. So that it's almost then a real life scenario where you've got your your coalition, or the, was it the fifth or the sixth coalition, where you've got all these different players left behind. And what they really have to do then is coordinate between themselves to have any chance of defeating whoever's playing France. Yeah, so it's I, incredibly I, unbalanced. It's kind of like a Renishimiento. But I don't know if you take it from the greatest extent into 
Russia because that was essentially just a winter campaign which went wrong. Oh, you think hold yeah. off for that? Yeah, just prior to that invasion of Russia. Oh, okay. Well, well he so never really did anything because the Russians burnt down Moscow anyway. Yeah, so yeah, never quite got there. I mean, he was waiting for the, the fields, keys, so. but you know, the city, but nothing, nothing came from it. Um, but that would be interesting. It would be. It would be. Uh, I've just pulled up the. Or you the, can change the, it into a one v one. You know, the coalition versus France. Oh yeah, then you could really start with a. That would be a really cool one versus one. Actually, going from that lovely design. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The only reason I was thinking about that whole thing was it's purely based more around the historical diplomatic aspects of how, why there was, you know, war, five or six wars of a coalition because Napoleon was so, he was a great diplomacy player, you know what I mean? He'd go off and he'd kind of talk to one player on the side and kind of manage to kind of convince them to peel away from their alliance. And then, yes, you know, yes. and then the other lots would have to kind of, kind of try to bring them back and then you'd go talk to someone else and peel them off. And but I, I guess... My only, I guess, my only criticism of that Napoleonic variant, you know, and it's just it's my, so my version it's of the so variant, or the real variant. No, no, the the real variant, and, okay. and it's just it's just such a minor criticism. Is that um, the bringing up something to talk about? I, I'm, I'm trying, it's loading. Okay. Is the did you get your Wi-Fi thing working? I'm actually tethered it to my mobile oh. phone. Do you want me so to try to bring it up on mine? Oh, oh, here, here we, we are. are. Here we are. It, it, yep. It's, it's great. Right. Hey, Napoleon was in Egypt. Yes. Yes. Know, and he that 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 whole. Oh, so you'd like to see that bit? In I there. would. I would love to see the Middle East in that part yeah. somehow because yeah. it, it played a, a really important role in Napoleon's grand strategy, and it also played a great important, great like because he, he, he caught the Brits totally by surprise. Well, on the land, but yeah. Nelson was a was then able to to counteract him. counteract yeah. that with naval power. Yeah. So, you know, I just it, that that element is kind of missing on the map. And that, it, I mean, honestly, I, I totally agree with you. And it wouldn't be too hard to pick up those um, image files, and extend, extend them the map, yeah. make it more a slightly more vertical map, so you can actually have the Egyptian campaign there. Um, yes. And that makes perfect sense because, and what was it I listened to? There was a uh, a podcast I listened to about Napoleon and about the French Revolution. Revolutions, that's what's called. And uh, as part of that, you know, the whole idea, you know what the whole idea, why invaded Egypt? Um, I, no, I actually don't know. Okay, why. so it was all around about disrupting the whole trade routes from all the British colonies within India primarily. But, you know, elsewhere, probably like okay. those other oh, far-flung yeah. reaches like Australia, not that they had much to do about the wall. The sewers wasn't... The sewers wasn't built, there but the whole way that all the trade was going was up the Red Sea. You'd hop off at the top of the... Um, Red Sea, yeah. you'd kind of cut it across 50 miles and then hop into Alexandria and bring it across again. Yeah, so right. this way, okay, this would yes. actually force the, the British to extend their supply line by right. like an extra three, four months. Making them more vulnerable, of course. But makes in sense, doing so, yeah. and that makes sense, yeah. and Egypt at the time was, I think, run by the Mamelukes, which was a extended, like a old, oh, anyway, they weren't, they weren't actually native Egyptians, they were like the usual thing like with the Ptolemies the Greeks who kind of end up being, you know, emperors of, or pharaohs. They came, I can't remember where the fuck the Mamelukes came from. The Mamelukes were descendants from a Muslim. Yeah, they were. You're right. Um, caliphate, mm. and they they they, 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 they still practiced. Um, didn't, didn't they still practice male abduction and run them as janissaries? And all well, the the Ottomans did that. I don't know about the Mamelukes. I do know the Mamelukes defeated. 
the carnates or those yeah. going back they were about but the issue I think sorry. was the Mamluks had some type of sweet deal going with the Ottomans yes. where like they were like a client state so once once France decided to go in there just to kind of disrupt the Brits they didn't kind of counter on the fact that that then brought the Ottomans into the fucking fight yeah well, okay so I really need to bone up on that area you need to bone up history. on your Bonaparte bone up on my Bonaparte <laughs> raise the flag there we go. So, um, so that would be great to see Napoleon coming along. And well, there's been... There's actually a few more things there's happening. There's a few at, more? Yeah, yeah at, the, at the lab, there's a couple of uh, oh, other yeah. ones that they're developing. Yeah. There's one that's classic home retreats. Right. So it's, it's basically the Who's classic... Who's doing that? I'm not sure, but it's the classic map. I'll click on where, I, I Maybe I should I'll click on mine, because yeah, mine, you yours is slow. I'll, I'll, go through, I'll go through them. Uh, um, so the classic home retreats is one where you can only retreat to your... Uh, territories that you control. You can't retreat forward into an opponent's territory. You can't retreat into a neutral territory. You can only retreat into a territory that you have ownership of. Does that include territories that are not supply center territories? Yeah, so let's say you're, you're Austria, you've gone into Galicia, yeah. you get dislodged from Galicia, you can't retreat into a Turkish-held Romania. Or Ukraine. Or Ukraine, because that's Russian-held. Even though only it might be retreat, vacant. Even though it might be vacant, you can only retreat into territory that you um, own in some way. Wow. Now, that's a very interesting little twist. So I'm I would have never, that was... ever, ever have thought so about thought that twist. that one up, I thought, that, that's great. Uh, and another one which is being developed is Troy, which is... Sorry, a two- I'm, I'm still blown away by this home retreats thing. That's just... What a dimension! That is so real. Very realistic, yeah. How that would actually play out, because I, I do love making forward retreats in, oh, in, in the game. Everyone I, loves everyone making loves, forward. It's, you know, it's when like you get that opportunity, it's victory like, from oh, defeat. Yes. <laughs> but uh, yes, but, but realistically, I mean, how often would standing armies of these particular well, the, the, these eras which we're talking about, because they are standing armies, would they have been able to do a forward retreat after a battle? Yeah. Well, it's actually not very realistic, is it? If they had to no, retreat, no. they would retreat back into own-held territory. Well, it's kind of like the pirates uh, variant where, you know, your clippers can kind of retreat two, two things away even though they've just been smashed up, you know what I mean? It doesn't make sense. It's not realistic. Yeah. yeah. So yes. this, is, this is 100% correct, you know. I like it. I really like that idea. I'd love to see that come across. It'd be very interesting to see that come across. But and if that, that is sort of rule-based, because it'd have to be some sort of uh, yeah, coding yeah, that's the only problem it. I can kind of see. Of because what's, However, what's Ollie prepared to, to, well, to pick look, up and if, do? If, at that, the if that code snippet has been developed and works, of it's course. incredibly easy to apply into other variants, isn't it? Or yeah, yeah. But I don't know where that snippet that snippet doesn't exist at the moment, does it? So it well, no, developed. they'd have to be developed, and they're developing it on the Russian side. But who's doing so, that? Uh, who is developing that? But I mean, like the only reason I ask that is because, like, when I've um, contacted Flame for the couple of times I've tried to do something over at the Diplo Lab. Um, I haven't had a lot of success. I'm not sure who's developing that. Mm. There's also the classic Calhammer prototype. No, 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 no. That's no, they're not developing that. No, they're not. That, no, that, no. That's I, I kind of con- that's one of the ones I contacted Flame well, about he, he, creating. He's uploaded a space for you to develop on there. Yeah, and I've told him to take it down. Oh, because this came. Remember in episode whatever it was. Well, he's got pirates there too. Yeah, that's another one I uploaded that nothing's happening on. Listen, okay. 
take a couple of steps back. You're getting ahead of yourself here. You're making, you're kind of got, you know, breaking news where there is no news, Kana. Okay? It's like crickets. It's like insert crickets now. So, um, the, okay, so the classic Calhammer prototype. Remember when we were catching up back at the Breakfast Creek Hotel? It was one of the ones when, I think it was the second episode when we were getting really, really shit close. As opposed to all the other episodes when we get really, really shit-faced. It's, it's, it's nothing new. No. Nothing new at all. But remember they had the auction with those maps? The original maps? Yes. Okay, yes? Yes. Okay, good. I do remember this. So there was two things. There was the actual very first board, or one of the very first... Was it number one board ever created? I really liked that Greek one, which was... Yes. Okay. Yeah. So there was the board, and then there was all these sketches that he had. Okay. Yes. So what my plan was to do was to... And I spoke to Flame about getting, like, and he's created a standard diplomacy map and yes. then modifying the borders and the territories within that standard map to reflect the classic Calhammer prototype. Okay? Well, why didn't you just make the maps, Ambi? I mean, that's on you, isn't it? Well, the maps aren't difficult, though. I mean, you just get a photo and just. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah but remember. It, it, after after po making a couple of posts around this, someone there we are. Someone kind of pointed out that the way there was something with the there was there was two there was a couple of maps that were kicking around. There was that map there that you're looking at yes, now. Yes, basically an old uh, a, a hand drawn thing of Europe. Yeah. Uh, and then there was but then there was another version which actually had things like little. Remember there was like little uh, anchors in certain spots. And someone within one of the, the forum threads, when I was talking around this, pointed, and, and my apologies, I can't remember who actually suggested or said this. They said, no, 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 no. Whilst that was, that was the precursor game before Diplomacy. That was, um, oh God, what's it called? Real Politic. So Real Politic allowed you to, um, there were some special rules around fleets and things. So you can only build a fleet in, those particular supply centres. So, like, if thanks, mate. Um, so, okay. okay. Yeah. No, so, no, 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 let's say, let's say you're England. Okay. Normally, in England, thanks. No cutlery. Um, <laughs> oh no, it's, no, no. Taking the chicken wing somewhere else. Right. So uh, anyway, so normally with England, obviously you can you have Edinburgh, Liverpool, and London. Okay. Yes. Imagine a rule where you could build armies in Edinburgh, Liverpool and London, but you can only build fleets in London. Okay. Okay? Yeah, yeah, so no, that's no, the no, way we, that yeah, works. Didn't we talk about this at some point? We did. I don't know why you're bringing it up again. Okay. And you've well, only just no, started just, drinking. Well, this is my second. Well, you are. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you, yeah. Are, you did get ahead of yourself. I did, yeah, okay. And on the Pirates one, similarly, I... Uh, sorry, and after I went... Sorry, going back to the classic... Calhammer thing, and then when it became clear that this was a bit more than there was a fair bit of coding, fair bit of coding, in. and I kind of yes. and, and it wasn't apparent to me that there would be that developer support. Okay, so and likewise with the pirates one, it was uploaded there to try to fix that retreating rule with the clippers. Okay, but because I and I had looked through the code, but because I'm not a developer and I have you know shit for brains when it comes to code, I needed. I said back, went back to play him a couple of times, saying, look. I'm really stuck on this one. Look, just even let me know where the code is so I can change it from retreat one to retreat two to retreat one. Yeah, And okay. it was like, unfortunately, more crickets. 
Right. So you didn't hear anything back on it. So that. I didn't hear anything back on it. And I'm not kind of dissing him and things like that because we all get busy and I don't know what's going on and blah, blah, blah. And it's actually really good to see other things progressing. So Okay, well, other things which are progressing. Yeah, do you mind if I uh, eat a little bit of my... Yep, no, I'll, 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 I'll I'm going to go get some knife and um, oh, you, you can't. Okay, you chat to yourself for a while. Chat, 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 chat. No. <laughs> oh, you got battery you low. Did you buy? Did you get extra batteries? Oh shit. <laughs> okay, we've got new batteries. Yep. Thank you. come prepared. Yes. I've actually I've learned from our lesson from when we uh, had like a the shortest episode ever when we're just rapidly talking as quickly as we can and it kept dying in the ass. Uh, where was I? Oh yes. So a couple other active variants which were uh, that are up and being developed on the on the Russian side is a two-player Troy map mm. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gathering it's a war of um, Troy and, and, and an eight-player Westeros map now the Westeros map probably won't ever come to V diplomacy no uh, because Holly doesn't want to do that that's got uh, I understand the reason yeah, various uh, copyright issues which are totally understood but could well end up kind of propagate, oh. propagating the under realms of a, a, a Russian-Ukrainian diplomacy sites. <laughs> yeah, the Russians won't give a shit. <laughs> it's like having you into the Chinese. Intellectual uh, so, property, so, what's that? So, so what we've got Troy. is we've got you know, two oceans, two lands, Gee, starting weird. position in a city. So, well, Do you know how this works? I have no idea, and we wait to see. Right, so having said all... But look at those, all those dots, are they supply centers? Well, I've no idea how that's going to work. Whether they're fallen heroes or what. Mm. Okay. Having so. said all that, it seems like Ollie is more than happy to import a variant which has been developed and is stable and has been play tested from the Russian lab to uh, the variant diplomacy as, as a fully fledged variant, um, which will be running the, uh, the Napoleonic one which we were just talking about. Having said that, he's also mentioned to me that if, if you were serious about developing variants and not through a third party, such as going through uh, the Russian lab, is to actually set up your own lab using some sort of server hosting uh, software like XM. I've, I've tried doing this Is this, this in before. the secret this, moderators this is, club area? Uh, so it, it, it's a server side. It, it, it's basically uh, open source server software where you can run a, a local host of a server on your own machine. Right, yeah, yeah, I understand that. And doing it that way, you can then run a mirror of the diplomacy and run your own lab on your home computer as I understand it now I tried this a couple of years ago right. and I got about as far as downloading and trying to install and not to hit a hole in the brick walls because I'm, it's just beyond my technical ability at that time to give it a go but but to do so and to allow for the play testing you really couldn't do it on your own computer unless you're prepared to leave it on the whole time connect it up to the internet make it a virtual machine uh, no what you would do is you would you, you would you would Put a lot. You, you put the local server on your own machine. Right. Do all the connections and all of that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Put in all of the uh, little code snippets and rule changes 
that you want to drop into that variant, yeah. make sure that works and is stable, and then you would put it onto a public server like the lab at Russia. The, the, the Russia.com. Russia yeah. Yep. And then if it works there after play testing, then it would be put onto diplomacy. Or if it was a simple one without any sort of rule changes, you could then just uh, send Ollie the the files and he would put in a sandbox, yep, no viruses, plonk it onto the uh, server. Okay. Yeah. So that, that that's how that would work. Now, as I was saying, I... I but if you want to do any, like, hardcore changes to the rules, things like taking snippets out of code and things like that, you have to have access to that. No, I'm still letting. <laughs> eager. Um, eager be Eager, eager, eager. Anywho. We got on that massive tangent because we were talking about how excited we were about the new 1860 variant. Oh, aren't we going to talk about the... Okay, we'll talk about the 1860 next year. Go for it. What? No. What were you wanting to talk about first? All the other variants are kind of backing up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we actually have a whole heap of other variants which are... People are working on. People are working Actively. on Actively. Actively working on it. Uh, we've got a variant by Michael B., which I think we talked about Michael B's before. Was, it Michael, uh, was that the divided states or not? Uh, no, that's Technostar. Technostar. Oh, Michael uh, B's the Michael World B's War the World at War variant. Oh, it's got a new name, World at War. It's a 12-nation competition for world domination. You've got the British Empire, United States, Soviets, uh, the French Republic, Imperial Japan, Brazil, the Italian Empire, Nazi Germany, Mexico, Thailand, China and Turkey. And it's basically an attempt to uh, reimagine the imperial map on a more yep. balanced uh, scale. It's, it's a global thing. In a World War II context. In a World War II context. And we did speak about this last episode, so we probably don't want to go into it too much depth, other than it is being developed as we speak. I um, just go back. I really like the idea. I think it's well and truly overdue that whole idea of a global World War II map. Um, and look, I've said this before, but I'll just say it again. Minor concerns just from a getting that personal thing about getting balanced between history and gameplay. And I can see why Brazil has been created to kind of create a bit of balance, particularly within South America. But. Thailand? Yeah, but no, but, but they've got Brazil being, you know, old bits of the Portuguese col colonies, you know what I mean, within Africa, Portugal itself, because the Portuguese obviously settled Brazil, but now they've got Brazil owning Portugal, so... Look, I don't, I don't want to critique it too much until it's been play-tested and we actually see, you okay. know, how, the, how all of that you don't works. You know, we need a rain on the brain. Um, I don't want... Fish yeah, on the brain. no, but it, it, it's a nice-looking map. And, and but yeah, you are right also, it, it the issue about Thailand might be... That, I don't know, that might work out okay. Yeah, and so you've got to play I'll with shut all the fuck these. Up, hey? Yeah, let's, let's, let's move on. Um, we've also got one which has been developed by Technostar, which oh, is love, essentially love, this, love this, this, this epic scale map of the United States uh, as a, a, like a dissolution of, of states. Each state is there's kind of succeeded at once. 50 players. Yeah, it would be the largest map <laughs> player size uh, that we have. It's got sea lanes, it's got... Uh, you know, uh, it, it, it's just epic. The size of the, you know, he's, he's talking about 
So, so what we're looking at here, folks, is, is we'll create a link to it. And oh, actually, we'll post. We'll put, include it in the show notes. Or yeah, actually, take a like. Yeah. Yeah, and just take a copy or just link to it or whatever. Whatever. Um, essentially, each state has seceded, and he's gone. And I, I don't look. I'm not so familiar with the geography of the United States is to say whether those are actual individual territories within each state that he's developed up. Yeah, I think that's... I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure exactly I think he's based it more around the main city areas or whatever. I don't know. But who knows? But, yeah, look, 50 players. It's got these... Look, it's a beautiful map. It's a mind-blowing map. It's mind-blowingly, staggeringly huge. You know, there's Alaska over there, there's Hawaii over there. So, shitload of sea lanes. I was I was talking to Technostar just this morning, and he was oh. saying that he has essentially uh, developed up the maps. He's just needing to split them into like three levels, so that there's no. And the problem with Im- Imgur for me on mobile devices is it doesn't zoom very no, well. No, it doesn't. Don't know. Yeah, I, I, I learned that the hard way in, I think, one of the various tournaments I was in. I know, it was the um, Dissolution one. The Dissolution? Yeah. Um, no, but this is... The other thing, just for listeners, is... Uh, okay, so you've got the um, the 50 states of America are kind of, you know, separated, and so you've got every single state is a player. But on top of that as well... The, uh, it works on the premise that Canada has collapsed and so has Mexico at the same time. But Canada and Mexico um, have got neutral SCs in their... Is it in all of their cities or is it in some of the key cities? I can't remember exactly. So it basically it allows a player, say if you were in um, uh, Michigan as an example, to kind of easily pop over um, the Great Lakes and start kind of you know raiding bits of Canada. Uh, much the same way as Texas can start, you know, invading Mexico. Yeah, Mexico's not um, and there. more importantly, uh, and this is one thing I was worried about how it would be addressed, but I think Technostar's done a great job of this, is the nature of Alaska and Hawaii. Because they're so far away from the contiguous United States, I was worried that they would be kind of inhibit their ability to grow. And there's a certain extent of that, particularly, I think, for, for Alaska, where they have to go through two sea lanes uh, before they can start making, uh, or one, depending on which bit of, of America it is and where the supply centers are, one to two sea lanes before they can start landing into Mexico, uh, whilst Alaska can start moving straight into uh, British Columbia. And what's the top bit up there? Is that Yukon bordering Alaska and British Columbia, that top bit? Or is that Northwest Territories? Oh, up here between yeah. um, that—that's no, that's Northwest Territories. Okay. Yukon's over like this side, isn't it? No, no. Uh, but you've got—I mean, Washington and Oregon. That's sort of almost within reach of Alaska if they were to go by sea. And you can kind of see that there's going to be this this, this interesting sea battle going on in expansion yeah. to the to the mainland from Hawaii and Alaska, or even vice versa, depending on the expansion. My only sort of question as to why to have all these sort of zones on the, on the eastern side of the United States, but they don't really seem to have any purpose. 
Well, I suppose but maybe there is. Maybe he's envisioning like this, this, these huge sea battles going on, which maybe. would be pretty wicked. Maybe pretty good. Gonna, I mean, he's got transform options as well uh, yes. that, he, that he wants to implement. Which is so good. Hard, which which is is, good. Well, it makes sense. You know, you've got your, your land-locked states. They get to an ocean to be able to uh, start going blue start water. Going naval if, yeah. they, if they need to. Uh, particularly for something that's this scale. Uh, I, would, I would suggest that's, that's a really good... And I think the other thing that was interesting is WASS has implemented the sea lanes. Normally you kind of imagine sea lanes being implemented on as grand scale, like for amongst very large territories. Um, the fact that he's got sea lanes within the Great Lakes I think is really, really interesting because that's going to be a, a hotbed of, of um, conflict I can kind of imagine. So having sea lanes there is a really, really great step, I think. Yes, um, yes. The, I was kind of worried, and this is the other thing I was worried about, you know, I talked about the Alaska-Hawaii thing, but I think he's adequately addressed that. I was also worried that those um, American states that bordered Mexico or Canada would be at an advantage because they could easily just pour over the border, grab some SCs, whilst their brethren that were kind of stuck in the, you know, in the middle of Central, Central America yeah. um, would just be, you know, stuck in a knife fight. But by, ha- as I was saying before, but by having standing armies in some of those neutral SCs within Canada and Mexico, that kind of helps prevent that easy prey. So you have yeah. to then kind of make sure you do send two units over there to disband it. But by sending two yeah. units, say, say for example, if you're in North Dakota and you start going you know, the, over the border into um, Canada, you send two units over there to start taking Canadian supply centers and dislodging the neutral unit. You're opening yourself up for attack from everywhere else. Um, I, I don't know my my geography very well, but I'm guessing it'll be South Dakota, Montana, and Wisconsin. <laughs> Your guess as good as mine. Um, but with as as with all things, you know, if, if you're going to be moving in one direction, you really need to have strong diplomatic uh, agreements with your potential stab buddies. Really. Gunboat would uh, be fucking mayhem on this. Oh, gunboat would be <laughs> nuts. But how wicked would it be? It'd be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with the, so, mm, very much looking forward to this one being implemented. I am so looking forward to this. I'm worried at the moment. I'm overcommitted in tournaments. <laughs> tournaments. Well, you know. Okay, so I've got my my two my two tournaments in the 1901 game. Yes. Which I got a cop a bit of flack for recently, and I take that on the chin. I think that was a fair fair argument. You know about that, don't you? No. <laughs> okay, remember with the 1901 tournament, I was one of the few bastards that said, no, 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 only two at a time, I can't overcommit to games because these are unrated games. Yeah, you're scum. You're making it run long, aren't you? No, I'm no. not, Kana, because I've kind of got with the program. <laughs> I kind of, Spend I don't up. need to, I don't need to because the rules are very, very clear. I mean... Yeah, no, I, no, that's I, actually, I, no, I understand. I'm, part I'm, of I'm only in one game, yeah. but I've only got one. Oop, there we are, cat's out of the bag. <laughs> I've only got one supply satellite. I can say that because in that one game that I'm in, there's like three or four players that have got a shitload of supply centers, and just two or three players with just one supply center left. So. And you're one of those sorry sods. Yeah, and yeah. look, no, I'm not going to say something because it'll actually cause someone to probably do something. Like, it might make preempt a player to do something, so I'm not going to yeah, do that. Okay, no, no. But um, uh, anyway, but okay, so you're over, over I've got that. Yeah. I've kind of, I ended up kind of getting tapped to play in the third game of the online diplomacy championship over at PlayDip. Oh, really? You're Des- back into despite that? Despite him in the first two games. 
I, I, I just recently had to withdraw from the known world tournament. tournament. Really? Yeah, I, I, I said, look, I'd, I'll not take it on any further. And that, that's purely because at the time when I said that, I was actually under a lot of pressure at work. I, I had NMR'd a few times in some games. You did. And I felt that continuing... You weren't doing it justice would be, when someone would else would be unfair. Yeah, would yeah. be unfair. So I, I, I felt that someone who was more keen and wouldn't NMR would be better placed to take that on from me. And See, that, yeah. That's really good rationale. And kind of that one bit of Ambie's brain goes, oh, that's a good idea. Maybe you should do that. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> get the fuck out of these tournaments that you kind of don't do any good in. But the other bit of my brain, kind of, you know, or Bambi's brain says, you know, no, you know, stick with it. It's, it's about time you eventually fucking start You're going to win at some You're going to start winning. It's, it's like, like the gambler at the poker machine, you know. It's like, this fucker's going to pay one day. <laughs> yes. Yes, it's like that. And having said that, I just started two new bloody games, so... Yeah, actually, yeah, I need to go shoot me, you know. I've done I mean, two. I, mean, I, I just dropped my, my, my commitment to the Known World Games. Yes. And I picked up a, a Viking game almost on the spot. And when Balkans came out, I went, oh, I'll start a game of that too. So it's like, what, what, what are you doing, Kana? <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? I did exactly oh, the same thing because I, as soon as I saw Balkans, it's like, I'm in. And I think it was in the first Balkans game that got created. And so, it was rapidly thing, and then I kind of sign up for Furnace of Affliction, and then I'm in a another game that's an anonymous game, so I probably shouldn't go talk about that. Um, so, having said that, Balkans. Okay, we'll get around we, to Balkans. We've come now. around a long circle. Uh, I just want to mention one more variant. Which oh, is of on, course, on the, only on, one. On, one more that, that that's on the that's on the books, and it's a Caucasian. 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 Caucasian, Caucasian uh, variant around Corsica in the Mediterranean. Essentially, yes. Uh, it's by the player Vauban, and it's a four-player variant. Yeah, I saw he's, this. He's contacted me. Uh, I've given to, him some advice too to help him in developing this one up, and I think it's like it's, it's got a nice balance to it. Mm. To, to be perfectly honest, mm. a really good starting point for variant making I think it's uh, how many players is this one this uh, it's four, four player game you got Italy North Africa France, France. and Corsica Cor- Cor- Corsica it's Corsica it's Corsica Corsica yeah and it's, uh, it's essentially a battle around the island I think it could be a lot of fun uh, but I'll, I'll, I'm going to wait and see if so who did you say it was Corsica France and who else Italy, Italy, and I think that North might be no, 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 no. That's 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 um, is it Piedmont, Sardinia? Oh, well, anyway, it, it, I think it's it's, it's, it's it's. I mean, I'm not even quite sure about the Italy bit. I think it's kind of set in pre-Italian unification Mediterranean. So anyway, doesn't matter. Look, I think it'd be a great one to I like it. develop up. It's, it looks, very, it looks it's a nice little map. It's got some little intricacies that I quite like with the way the territories are kind of configured too. Yeah, and interesting how some of those sea regions could play out. I think 
for this particular one, it'd be interesting to get that up onto the lab yeah. and run a couple of play tests on it. I think with four people, you won't have much trouble getting no easy play tests to, 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 to run through and then uh, see how that develops up. But there's also um, oh, there's another one, Sengoku, a revised oh, Sengoku. Remember that yeah, one? Yeah, well, bloody hell, all this stuff. Shit, this is a whole. This is like going off. It's like lots of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So revised Sengoku. So I think I can't remember. Fuck, I can't remember now who was actually developing it. Um, it's Ben Hester. Ben, good work, Ben. So he's included um, something which was like some some territories that were closer. Sorry sea-based territories that were closer to the shoreline which had different um so you had like deep water you know yeah deep water and shallow, and shallow water, water territories yeah. and the other thing about that is i can't wait for that one to go live because as soon as that goes live the map is then done for ninjas versus samurai because oh, it's actually got it's, still, it's got the the, the the shallow water for the samurai to kind of do their water walking over oh of course as well as being just a great new iteration of Sengoku. I, I personally think we should Is it actually be meant to be done? Is it actually being done more... It was, it was like to be done to be uh, more based around the correct rules of the game? Is that right? Or I'm not sure. Uh, I haven't really been following that forum thread too closely. Yeah. What I hope will occur is that we'll keep the old version and put a new iteration... Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, so Absolutely. the updated yeah. old version. I think the old version... Version 1, version 2. Yeah, even even though I get my ass kicked regularly in the original one, which we, we play regularly on VDIP every now and then. Yep. Well, you I, did the whole tournament thing. I did do a tournament you thing You kicked some people's asses in one and game. And got my ass kicked many, many times in it. And that old poker machine again. It's one of those variants where I jump in and jump out because I love, I love the shape of it. It's a nice little It's map. a lovely map of Japan. I'll jump in, get my ass reamed, and then probably not touch it for a while. Your ass? Or no, Sengoku. <laughs> <laughs> if you got your ass reamed, you probably don't want to touch it for a while. <laughs> yeah. Having said that, having said that, <laughs> Ambi, trust you to bring it below the belt. Never. <laughs> so do we want to talk Balkans, or do you want to talk about something else? Well, you were bringing up Sengoku. Okay, well, Balkans. we just talked about Sengoku. Yeah, so that there's a new one on its way. It's being developed. Sengoku. Sengoku. Yeah, we <laughs> Balkans, you started a game. I did, but you've started a game too. So Balkans 1860 is a brand, brand, brand new, spanking new variant um, created by Benjamin. Hester. Is it Hester? Yeah, Hester? Ben Benjamin Hester. Hester. Yep. Um, so the fact that he's done this one and presumably can then start turning his attention to the next one. The same guy did Dark Ages, uh, he's done a few other ones, that's Goku, he's done, oh, it's another one that's quite popular too. No, my mind's just gone blank. But so this one's one, you, You've two, signed three, up for this as well, haven't you? Seven players. You're in a different game. Seven player game set in the, uh, the Balkan region obviously of Europe. Uh, seven players, as Kana mentioned, Italy, Austria-Hungary, Greece, uh, Turkey slash Ottomans, uh, Romania, Serbia, and Bulgaria. Um, so... What happened in 1860? Um, 
I'm not actually quite okay. So, from a, uh, a, um, a balance point of the game, I think this game and the map is 100% correct. From a historical point of view, I don't think it is 100% correct because my recollection was that there were a number of Balkan wars that occurred where, at that point of time, the Ottomans on this map kind of only kind of go as far west as Istanbul. Uh, but from memory, they actually continue to go across Lower Thrace, which is like the um, that bit there of, of um, modern day, so upper part of modern day Greece. Yep. So it's through Salonika and all the way out through Tirana, which is Albania. Uh, I actually thought that was the way things that way things rocked and rolled at the time. But um, I can understand why Benjamin's done that from a, a balance point of view, much the same way that he's left uh, Ancona. And, Roma and Palermo and Venezia out of Italy so you've got a better balance in the game between players look I've, I've, I've started a you're playing a full press game I'm playing a gunboat game and my first season hasn't yet tipped happened. over no tipped neither over is mine but one of the things what due to tick over I eight hours really I really noticed when I started actually really looking at the map in regards to both my position and the positions of others because sometimes that's the best way to get into the mindset of what your neighbours are going to do is thinking about, well, what would you do if you were playing that power? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was, was, was just noticing how, on the face of it, it looks quite sparse. Yes. You know, you're looking at this map and you're thinking, oh, yeah, everyone's going to get easy builds. Everyone's going to sort of grow no, to start off with. It's not but easy builds start, at all. You start no, looking at you it. You start looking at it and you think, holy shit. There's, there's so many zones of conflict. Yeah, and I love what he's done with Greece because Greece plays this pivotal position between both the Ottoman Turks yep. and Italy because it, it can easily prevent two easy builds from both of those players straight away and get itself in line with a, a central power to allow for either support into a supply centre or uh, a, a support to supply centre. It, it, it's actually just a beautiful balancing act of that, that Greece, the Greek peninsula uh, to both of those side places. And, and you can understand from variant point of view, having corner powers in it is actually quite a difficult seesaw thing to do you know in the original game the classic game England Turkey corner powers yeah and and it was balanced very well in, in, in that respect and I think what we're going to see as, as this variant plays out and we start getting more data on past games is that Italy and Turkey will be balanced I think by this Greeks power, by this uh, Austria-Hungarian power and the Romanian power uh, to, to pull back from initial ease of securing territory. That's just I, my initial take. I take your point, but I kind of disagree. And the reason I disagree, apart from this, you know, having a bit of argy-bargy between us for the podcast, okay, yeah. is it's no different to England or, or Turkey on classic map. If you're, if you're Turkey, you don't have to worry about your eastern flank. If you're England, you don't have to worry about your western flank. Because there's no flank. It, well, it, that's it what I'm saying. Italy doesn't have to worry about anything west. And Turkey doesn't have to worry about anything east. Oh, I thought you were kind of saying it was 
more balanced than classic. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like he's, he's deliberately dropped out of it. He's, he's, he's made these supply the, these these coastal regions. Yeah. In such a way as to prevent easy builds. Like you look at. Well, you're right. You're right. It, it, it kind of it, it's easy to kind of block some of those builds. So let's say, for example, Bulgaria and Greece decide to gang up on Turkey. So instantly, um, Burgos goes to Edemy, and that kind of blocks Istanbul from taking that. Um, you can easily kind of get Kalamata going over to uh, the Maeshan Sea and onto Heraklion to block any chance of uh, Turkey picking up that. And likewise, obviously, Athens can go out to the Gulf of Taranto to block Italy taking Palermo. So I agree with you on that one. Yes. Okay. But fundamentally, at the end of the day, Turkey doesn't have to worry about someone outflanking him and coming in from his east into Ankara. Unlike well, that's, Serbia, who look, has and, to worry and, about and, someone and, coming and, from the yes, north, yes, the south, and, the east, and, and the west. Ambi, that's what I'm saying. I'm I am thirsty. saying that I will buy you a beer, uh, a wine in a second. But I am saying more importantly is that what is the, that's what corner powers are. You don't have to worry about someone flanking you. Yes. That's, that, that's why Siri Jaya was disadvantaged in No World. That's why disadvantage or advantage? Disadvantage slightly. I reckon it's advantage. You didn't have to worry about it. Well, yeah, you've got that. You don't have to worry about. But your the good variant designers will make it slightly harder for those corner powers to gain. Yeah, look, a from that point hold. of view, that point of view, you're 100 correct, because the way that uh, Benjamin Hester has done this, he has tried to offset that advantage as best as possible. You're never going to get around that advantage, short of having an around-the-world style map. Which obviously, in a limited geographical sense of the Balkans, you can't do. World map, yes, you can do. Um, some of those real funky, cool classic maps where you can kind of have you know some connections going out via the Atlantic, underneath Africa, coming up the back of you know the Red Sea. Yes, you can do that. That kind of gets around some of those issues. Especially when you've got those funny blockies with the USA, because they ain't a wall with the USA. I'll also be very interested to see how some of these central powers Ooh, play out. Is that a game that's already started? Uh, this is well, okay. So I've just pulled up a game which is in autumn 1860. It's already in its build phase. Jeez, it must be a fast game. It, it's actually there's a game director, and he's posted ready up your bleeds. So obviously he's, he's cracking the whip to to, to get this. Oh, this is the same as mine. Mine's a two-day phase, but yet people are fucking around. Yeah, well, this one, people are readying their orders. Oh, look at this. this Captain Meme hasn't readied up his orders. Well, that's just Captain. Fucking arsehole. (laughs) Oh, we love you, Captain. (laughs) Yeah, we love you, Cap. You know that. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Ready up. I've got got an alcohol up for the next Me too. I've been waiting a long time. Back in a tick. Back in a tick. And we're back. Cheers. So, lovely. I'm almost empty again. Now you switched wines <laughs> again. What are you I back did. on? I don't know. Well, I started on the Cab Sab. I went to some Shiraz that didn't taste any good, so I'm back to the original one. Back which to was the original. Ambico thing. Yeah, okay. Well, we wanted to talk about. Oh, yeah. Well, Ambi wanted to talk about. Yeah, a variant that he's got an idea of. An so idea for a variant. I mentioned a while back, Kana. 
you um, had some ideas, I remember. I had some ideas. Originally, I had it was about the period of time which was called the Tetrarchy, which oh, okay. was when the Roman Empire was kind of divided up between two Augustuses and two Caesars. So, east and west, a greater power and a lower power. Oh, this is where there was the Pope in Avalon and Rome. Was that no, no, later? no, way before that. Oh, okay. I think the Pope thing was like mid, mid, middle ages. This is like in about the, the Tetrarchy, I think, was around the 300 somethings. So where were the Caesars again? So basically it was, um, well, I haven't got the map here, but, but, but that original idea I talked around um, a while back, you had like, just imagine Roman Empire divided into fourths. Okay. Okay. It was like a far west, a west, an east, and a far east. Okay. Okay. So that was okay because it gave balance, but it didn't actually allow for a lot of flanking manoeuvres and the ability for far east and far west to actually engage. What's called a tetrarchy, not a quadrarchy? I don't know. Okay, anyway, go on. It was kind of set up by by Emperor Diocletian as a way of organising the whole deal because that way they can kind of fend off barbarians and shit like that. What years are we talking about? The 300-somethings. Okay, yeah. But after Diocletian died, everything went to shit, like it tended to do within the Roman Empire. And then they ended up kind of having this four-way fight. Yes. Okay. But from what I've been looking at it... Nothing like a good four-way. Nothing. <laughs> Sorry. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, Kana. <laughs> all between, consen- so been all between consensual adults. Yeah. Um, anyway, so the point was, I've been thinking about this, this concept... And I've been listening to, for quite a while now, uh, a podcast. I always talk about other podcasts. History of Rome. Okay. It goes like for 200 episodes. I'm up to like episode 160 at the moment. Yeah. Sorry. Heads up for listeners. If you want to start listening to it, the first 60 to 70, little slow, little boring. <laughs> but they but, then, but then he hits his stride. <laughs> so hopefully in another 40 episodes time, Kater, we'll start hitting our stride. <laughs> anyway. I was kind of thinking about this Tetrarchy thing wouldn't work very well because your Far East and your Far West don't have an opportunity to attack. So by default you have your, your Middle East attacking Middle... Anyway, it, it, you know it's not going to work very well on a, on a game But board. what if you had transport like Doctor Who? You could, you could, you could have like a whirlpool. How many beers have you had, Kana? <laughs> Sorry, okay, no, no. So, so, so anyway, later on, idea? it fast forwarded a bit, and I actually heard about the Tetrarchy before this particular podcast, and it came across a period that occurred in what was called the crisis of the third century, so the, the mid-200s. Okay. okay. When you actually had what was originally quite a stable empire, ruled by a single Augustus, so like, you know, the yeah, key yeah. guy in charge. And then there was this period of about 50 years where everything just went to shit, where you'd have various powerful generals who'd go off and go, fuck this, I'm now the emperor. Oh, okay. okay. And at the same time, you'd also have the, uh, the Senate trying to influence who should become emperor. You'd have the, um, um, the Praetorian Guard, which were the key people around maintaining the emperor's security, but also the key advisors and things. They were constantly between the the Senate, the, basically, not so short between the Senate, the Praetorian Guard, and about four different regions. So, like uh, Britannia, Rhine, 
um, around uh, Moesia, Dacia, so like along, along yep. the Danube, yep. Yep. and also the, um, the east, main eastern region around Syria. Those ended up kind of, over that whole 50 year period, kept constantly kind of trying to take each other out, you know, Game of Thrones style. Right, so it's just okay. a period of crisis for the Period Roman of crisis, Empire. okay. Yep. And on top of that, you had constant invasions coming from various Germanic tribes, the tribes up in, you know, above the uh, Hadrian Wall, the tribes coming through from Iberia, which is Iberia, not, not Iberia with a H, like Spanish Iberia, but the area that's like in the um, uh, uh, Azerbaijan, Armenia type of area, uh-huh. like the uh-huh. Lower Caucasus, yes. yeah. as well as the, um, uh, the what was the, the successor to the Persian Empire. So the uh, I think they were called the Corinthians or Corinthians or something like that. Yeah, okay. All of those guys at the same time were also at various times to go. Oh fuck this! I'm going to invade the Romans because the say, say for example yeah. the, um, uh, the, the the general in charge of the the Rhine areas where they were heavily fortified went. I'm going to take over the empire. I'm just going to myself Caesar. So he'd move a whole heap of you know armies down to go take Rome, leaving the frontier empty. And that's when the Germans went. Oh, now's a good time to attack. So so a lot of crisis. A lot of crisis. Okay. How do you imagine this? Tetrarchy to... No, 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 no. This is before the Tetrarchy. Oh. Forget this. This is the crisis of the 3rd century. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you've got... The way I imagine this going is... And I've got a... Okay, this is a map I'm showing Kane. It's a map from... Um, 11... 11... Sorry, 100, sorry 117 AD. Yep. But it's pretty much the same map that would have been played at the time. So there's nothing much changed in the borders to a greater extent. So I'd imagine you'd have... Um, and this is the interesting thing that you'd, you'd appreciate, Kana, because you're a man of interesting things. Uh, okay. Sorry, it's a wine talking. So you had the Senate, what well, you had provinces across the empire, and there would be senatorial provinces that were controlled by the, notionally, where the armies were controlled by the Senate. Yep. And then you have imperial provinces where the armies are notionally controlled by the emperor. Okay. Not surprisingly, the areas that were kind of relatively safe, controlled by the Senate, Areas that were had potential to, for conflict with various barbarian tribes, they were controlled by the emperor. But once mm. the whole emperor thing started going downhill with stab, literally backstabbing and everybody bumping each other off, that whole um, those strong provinces that existed within the imperial area, sorry, as in like there was there was no real. Um, Allegiance anymore. They'll just unilaterally declare themselves Caesar or Augustus. Okay. So I'd imagine having like this, I said, a player around um, Germania who would kind of be able to, you know, all of a sudden say, I'm going to go start attacking. Well, how, how, many, how many players are you thinking about? Okay. This, so four generals. Four generals. A general in Germany, a general around uh, Moesia, Dacia, so around the Danube. Yep. Uh, a general around in Britannia. Yep. And a general in Syria. So four generals there. Spain was the big important part of the empire as well. Could that not... Spain no, no. Spain, Spain, Spain was an important part of the, era, of the empire, but it didn't really kind of have much conflict. So it was actually, from listening to this podcast, it was actually quite under... Sorry, there was, there was Roman garrisons there. Underrated. But, but not... Essentially. No, no, it was safe. Under... under, under it, was, it was under control. There was no problems. It was unpoolished, so they didn't have a lot of garrisons there. Oh. So I'd imagine you have these three okay. areas where they have the Germans, where you've got this clustering of units, okay? Okay. And then you'd have this friction between the Senate 
where you have a number of units around the middle of the uh, Roman Empire, oh, and then a number of units sporadically dispersed across the imperial provinces that weren't kind of in rebellion for various Roman generals. So, hang on. What I'm seeing is... So, four, I, four generals, got, I'm, two I'm, players, so six I'm, at the I'm, moment. I'm looking at a map of Europe, and the... The, the, the essential areas like Italy, around Greece, Marseille, you know, the southern part of Spain, Spain, you know, North Africa from Tunis down to uh, close to Egypt, you know, around Constant, modern-day Constantinople and all of Greece is all senatorial. Yes. Right? And around that are regions which are imperial this. provinces. Yes. Now... What I'm hearing is that you're going to put standing armies, which self-support each other, in the senatorial no. provinces, no, 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 no. and have the imperial provinces as the players trying to get in no. to where the value is. No, but that would be pretty cool. Okay. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, but that's not. I'm trying to remember me. Okay, remember Ambi, trying to get balance and history right. Okay. Okay. So what I'll do, this is, okay, I'll create and I'll, I'll take this particular image here. You're actually going to have a player who's a senator. Yes. Okay. So what I'll do is I'll take this image here and I'll put where I see the, ger sorry, the general, the generals being, so four separate players who might go and open rebellion at any point in time, but at the same time, as a normal diplomacy game, they can be bought off by the emperor or by, sorry, emperor by the Praetorian Guard or via the, um, uh, the Senate, okay, so you've got six Roman players, and I'll put little drawings around here, but the issue with both the Senate and the um, either Praetorians or the Augustus is they're quite dispersed. So I'd imagine they'd start with actually more okay. supply centres and more units, but they're far more dispersed, so they can't kind of defend themselves as well against a concentration of, say, uh, a German, uh, sorry, a Roman general in Germania deciding to go, fuck this, I'm going to start attacking Gaul with my three legions against their one. And start rolling up this way, you know what I mean? Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, no, no, no. four generals, yeah. Senate, Praetorian Guard, or, or, or the right, or the Emperor. Okay, so six Roman players. So it's a six-player game? No, it's not. No, so it's a six-player game. Yeah. Then you throw in the uh, the Scots or the Caledonians, so up in the top of there. Although I'm not quite sure if I'll actually play them or not, or maybe make them neutrals. Definitely going to have various Germanic tribes and Sumatian tribes. So all along this frontier, from modern-day Belgium, going all the way along the various um, the Danube and the Rhine, through to the Black Sea. Okay, all that front, you're going to have various German tribes. You'll have a Barbarian tribe around Iberia type of area, which is like you can see before the Lower Caucasus, and a the Parthian Empire, which is like the Persians. So I reckon this is probably around about somewhere between a ten to twelve player game. You know, sorry, I'm just I'm just thinking on a tangent. Yes. Right? If you imagine, you know, the Roman Empire is like a nugget, which is all self-supporting units, and they're all sort of you know happily civilized. And, the code is already there for allowing for neutral armies to self-support each other. Yes. Yeah. Wouldn't it be cool to have, like, surrounding the Roman Empire, players who 
are against each other, but they have to somehow nibble at the Roman core, but at the same time have to be worried about each other. In well, that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, yeah, but you're actually putting a player in the centre as the Roman Empire, as, as, as a senator. So why don't you actually just have it so like it's the code, which has these self-supporting armies sitting around the Mediterranean basin, but have surrounding that Roman Empire have the, the, the players and then the negotiation that has to go towards do we attack Rome or do we attack each other? But isn't that's that's more like a iteration of Imperium, isn't it? Imperium? Well with the So you're talking about the players being the various barbarian tribes, are you not? Yeah. So that Rome is just like this neutral standing army cities. No, I'm talking about Rome as being self-supporting of its own armies, like yes. Vikings, where you have armies which consistently support. So, each who are other. the players? The players are, you know, your 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 Spanish, your Germans, your French, your your Iberians, your Caledonians, your Arabians. Yeah. 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 All kind of working to attack. The core. core. Take over the Galactic Empire. Yeah. Why not? I'll tell you what, how about if I kind of get this working and then you take all the work that's been done and you create that yourself? Make it my own, eh? Yeah. And then we'll kind of have like this. Alright. We'll have another discussion <laughs> later. So, 10 to 12 playing players and then a non playing player. Okay. All right. I reckon that, that'll work. You're meant to, at that point of time, kind of say, non-playing player? What's that all about? <laughs> everyone knows what that is. Anyway. No, they don't. No, everyone knows. Okay, so a non-playing oh. player is like, okay, you jump to the, the Viking variant where you have Buddha and Pest. And there's two standing armies in each, Buddha and Pest, and they consistently support each other. That's not time. what I meant. A non-playing player. Oh, what's a non-playing player? Go on, Andy, tell me what that is. Think about pirates. Think about the hurricane. That's nightmare code right there. Nightmare uh, code level. It's been done before. So, and, so basically, at the same time that all this shit was going down, historically, I'm okay. sorry, how about yeah. I, I do the historical variant and then you do your Disney World fantasy variant of the Roman Empire, okay? <laughs> I reckon I'll make it more interesting. Yeah, you'll have more uh, people I'm, playing your I'm, game I'm, than I'm, mine, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you win. I suck, I know. <laughs> okay. But at the same time all the shit was going down, there was a massive plague going across the Roman Empire. So, the idea being... The Plague of Justinian, was it? No, not the Plague of Justinian. There was the Plague of... Ugh. I'd have to Google and find it very, very quickly for you. I no, think no, it was, the, okay. it was, it was, before, the, it was yeah, before the plague of Justinian. Anyway, there was a, a the Roman Empire went through about three different plagues. This was the second plague. Okay. So it occurred at the same time. So this actually will allow you to have, um, say for example, whether you're, um, bear with me with my idea rather than your idea for a moment. Okay. okay. It would allow you to actually have a number of um, supply centres that have non-standing up, so have no, no armies in them and don't actually contribute towards your SC count. 
you know how you have normally like the little box thing around a supply centre that hasn't been, that you don't control. Oh, like Rinas, Rinascimento. Yes, correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. or so normally yours, but you don't. Normally own yours, it, so but you actually don't control it because your units there have been killed off by the plague. Okay, so you've got a plague player that goes around with who's like basically will be able to wipe out a random unit across the whole board at one point of time. A plague player. A plague player. Like the Hurricane in Pirates. Yes, but they've got much the same way you've got with um, Ankara Crescent. They can go anywhere. So it's not like the Hurricane that can only be connected to whatever the adjacent territories are. It will just go anywhere across the board. And it might go to an area that has no players. But it might go to an area that has a player. Randomly. Randomly. Right. Destroys them because their strength has been coded up to be like 10 or something. Okay, that's a novel take on the plague. I'll give you that. Thank you. Thank you. Look, 10 to 12 okay. real players, one plague player. Wouldn't be like, I wouldn't like to be the person to try and all to, to code that. Though. Oh, that's okay. That's why we've got Ollie. <laughs> Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> well, could. Oh, jeez. I suppose some of the coding's there in the, the Hurricane in Pirates. But then you have to expand it to just being adjacent everywhere for that particular unit. So what do you... Yeah. Okay, it's been done before. No, it hasn't. Okay, so you can get around it then from a... Okay, let's say, for example, if you can't do that. What you could do... Okay, what you could do is instead of having armies and fleets, you're gonna have whatever's. I don't know what they are. Combatants, call it that for the moment, okay? Which can go either from, they could act as an army, they can act as a fleet, and then you kind of create the plague as being a random thing, which could go anywhere. It's got far greater movement. Kainer is deep in thought, looking off into the horizon. He opened his mouth. He closed <laughs> oh, his oh, mouth. Oh, yeah, look, okay, look, okay. Looking forward to seeing what your map looks like, Amby. I think it's a great time of history to, to be looking at. It'll be interesting to see how you divide all these little provinces up. Well, they've got little numbers be, already. Yeah, well, you've already got little supply centres sort of given to you, but how are you going and to... And this is, this is the normal one, so there's also... Um, There we are, ready okay. made. Black and white map. I just got to oh, kind of fill in yeah. the dots. Oh, I don't know, you want to split up some of Italy? No. No, just sort of verbatim. Oh, no, 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 okay. That's, yeah, you, you're kind of, as, a, as an actual province, that's that Italy is it's fine, but you actually would, you're right, you'd put in little lines here to break it up into more territory territories. And, and, and how the Mediterranean's going to be split for the fleet usage yeah and that's it that's easy and, it's, it's and how are you going to invent regions in germany ah, and that, easy like, no worries easy oh, oh we'll look forward to it we'll look forward to it so rome very done force yes it's come to an end it's done congratulations right, Amy. you got there to the end what was your final position fifth fifth a glorious fifth caner, what I've been aiming for for quite a long while. A uh, while there, you were aiming for eighth, I remember. I had, uh, I, 
level up, level up. You level up. Yep, level up. And congratulations to Bozo and Roughhouse Eight for coming in equal first. Hats off to them. Literally equal first. And I was surprised that that happened. I honestly thought that um, Bozo was going to stab Roughhouse and take the lead and win the game, but <laughs> he didn't. He didn't, no. No. Uh, we had some wonderful end of game statements. Really cool ones. So we'll link to those end of game statements that are in the forum already. Yep. Some of them are a little short. Some of them are not a little short. Captain Memes, I think, is 18, 19 pages long. But what an end of game statement. But it is an amazing end of game. So if you actually want to break down of the thinking of a diplomacy player with the added dimension of a horse game, my God, you can't go wrong. Yeah, no, great, great starting position. Uh, one of the things that would come up from the end of games uh, was this idea of school of horse. Score what? School Oh, school of boss, yes. Yeah. So we're uh, going to do a school of boss? Oh, I think so. Uh, How do you see that working? I see that as working in a smaller variant size, like classic, like classic, so seven players. And it just introduces the players to the game of horse. So what you run Over the for first five, five six. six, eight years, whatever arbitrary number you choose to run it. Uh, it introduces the players to the idea of buying and selling stock, what actually happens, why that happens. So would you call then for normal boss players to act as a mentor? I, I would, I would suggest so, you know, like if, you, if you're going to do with, say, a seven player game, maybe having three experienced players and four new players, or you know, just, just spice up, or even just one experienced player, giving advice to the six new players, depending on how popular that would be. Um, because ultimately, I'd I like think to that would be a bit up. too much. One experienced player giving advice to six players. Yeah, probably, because they might just disregard it or, or, or whatever. But, but ultimately, I'd like to build up some sort of um, a, a catchment of players to get to, say, a World War Four map, yep. of course. I think that would be an epic epic thing which would be great for all players but to be honest if you were to be being introduced to course yep on an epic scale like that you would be totally overwhelmed it would be absolutely really hard to find your feet in what course is how they're buying and selling and stock works so I think if we were to run School of Horse and yep. maybe a few smaller games consecutively, you know, maybe Horse on 1066 perhaps. It's too small. You reckon four players? I think 1066 wouldn't work also because of the. You've got too much other other shit going on with Fog of War and mm. it's only three players. Uh, uh, I reckon. I reckon classic map. Classic map, you, you kind of everyone you, knows the map. Everyone knows classic. Yep, 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 it's yep. bog standard, so you don't have to worry about any of that shit. I, personally, I reckon you partner up a player with a mentor, a boss mentor. Okay. So if we go out to say, for example, the people who played the most recent 901 boss. Yeah. You kind of say, hey, we're looking at a school of boss. We've all talked about this. We're all cool with this. Who wants to be a, a boss mentor? 
and then they'll get allocated and we'll have like an open game where everyone knows who's playing the school of ball so it's not anonymous and shit like that I don't think it was anyway the last time around um, and you'd have a nominated player like I might be a mentor for someone who hasn't played horse before oh, so you're saying like okay let's get seven players from the known world yes. each mentor up Seven, seven new, players. new players for yeah. horse. Yeah, that, that, that'd be pretty cool. I would also like to play a gunboat horse. Yeah, well, we can do that another time. I, I, yeah, I know. So those are two things on the horizon. So you reckon you can do that? Are you able... Well, uh, do, you have, do you have, have bandwidth at the moment to GM a school of horse? I could do it. I could do it, provided the interest is there. And I was kind of waiting for it to drop off the forum and drop off off forum. Huh? The end of game statements. Oh yeah, yeah. I think they're all done. We've got to add to that shit yeah, now. Yep, yep, yep. And yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to more than likely in the space of a week advertise for people interested. Very good. And send out to guys who are involved if they'd like to mentor well, on the boss side of it. I'm happy to be a a, a mentor. Horse mentor. Not that I actually. After know. all, you came in fifth. You know that's that's I not came an in significant so like achievement. I can teach someone how to be a how to be someone's bitch. I'm a horse. A middling player, as I would Although say. I did do pretty well in the very first horse game. Did I come with second or third or something? You did do well. Yes. Uh, so let's. Um, yeah. Look. Watch this space. Yeah. It'll be. Yes. Watch this space. Shall we go get one more drink? I think one more drink is. The, and then because there's a couple more things we want to talk about we want to talk about other things other things yes <laughs> back in sick guys there we go another beer Whoa. actually I was looking at um, this beer menu and I'm surprised you didn't have something like a porter or something like that is it getting too too warm for a porter now oh look I just don't want to get too pissed I'm in a bit of a bad book We don't get in trouble from Mrs. Kana. Well, cheers. Um, furnace of affliction. Furnace of affliction. We're rolling. Oh, we are rolling. We are rolling. Did you catch, you know, the missus getting pissed off at me for drinking too much? Yep. You caught that? Yep. <laughs> well, here's to the wife. Here's to our lovely wives, Mrs. Kana and Mrs. Ambi. Oh, she's a darling. Uh, so is mine. Right. So, um, Furnace of Affliction. Yeah, shit. So we both signed it up to this World War Four game. Yep. It got cancelled. And against... What happened with that? Uh, I'll tell you what happened was there was problems uh, with a player not getting the correct amount of builds to start off with. The game was sped oh, up to try right. and yeah, allow yeah. for those extra builds to happen. Same with Indonesia, it was it? It cancelled it. Yep, they cancelled it, and so it was restarted. Was it Indonesia? It was Indonesia. What was the point of cancelling? He's dead anyway. Yes, but you know, <laughs> having said that, he should have. He deserved the chance for three builds. He didn't get yeah, three okay. builds, but now that's fixed. Um, and against my better judgment, I um, you signed up. I signed up for the second one, and I, I don't. The second one? What do you mean? Oh, the second game, the reboot. The reboot, and I don't normally do that. I, I, I why? But it was just like it was just continuing the game. There was like a, a technical error, so it wasn't like you were signing up again. It was yeah, the same but all, game. The, all that interesting dialogue was just was lost. 
and I find that what interesting dialogue. Well, dialogue with my now oh, your, your friends invading assholes who are adjacent to me. Okay, um, so when Kana says he's invading assholes, you mean the players around you? Yeah, all of them. You know, I had, I had no, look, 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 to start off with, I had some really interesting <laughs> discussions with Mexico and so California you're Texas. and Cuba. You're Texas. All a bunch of assholes putting it on, you know. Uh, no, no, they're not. They're not. You know, wait a sec, and, wait and, a sec. And to be honest. Just speak louder into be, the recorder, please, uh, Kana. To, to, to be perfectly honest with you, I joined the, the reboot because I felt obligated to... And when it started again, my heart just wasn't in it like it was the first time around where I was like, yeah, let's talk, let's, 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 let's all work it out, and let's, let's have a go. And I just pretty much said to all of my neighbours saying, I'm not going to say anything until the first season's gone because I feel like that's, you know, whereas I understand that pretty much everyone did talk to all their neighbours and saying, yeah, okay, it's a reboot, let's have another chat about how we find it. So you're saying that it disadvantaged you because they literally rebooted their relationships internally between themselves. Yeah, and I but rebooted actually, it as from well. My you recollection, know, I, I my recollection I, I was the game started and the time the reboot occurred, the only thing that actually had transpired the in the game season. was the build phase. Uh, yeah, but all we the hadn't same. Even, like, we hadn't even got to the first season. Yeah, it was just build I phase. Know. I just don't like... I know, I know this because I copped a lot of shit because apparently my builds that I put the second time around were different to the builds I put in the first time around. Yeah, well, you know, understandably you're copping shits because what the fuck was that little ex that little ex convoy to you know EQG there by Okay, it's not about me, it's about you. Let's just finish you off first, okay? So you're obviously pissed because everyone's. You're Texas. You're down to you're down to two supply centres. Everyone's attacking you. No, You'll no. be out of the game pretty soon. So what's the what's the complaint? You obviously don't want to be in this game. They're helping you. Everyone's not attacking me. Okay, California's attacking you. Um, Mexico's attacking you. Cuba was attacking. Well, Cuba's not even around anymore. Yep. Central America. Well, Illinois is attacking you. No, Central States isn't. Well, sent in me. No, did you know? You didn't know. Okay. Neither is Canada. In fact, Canada and Central States are talking about providing a wildlife park for Texans to live in. <laughs> you send all your hogs up there, eh? Nice. Um, well, I'm pleased to hear that. But are they going to do more than just provide you a wildlife park? Are they going to kind of help you when you're Wars of vanquish. I'm, I'm happy just to live in Minneapolis without. Oh, are they talking know, about like the, getting the, the, you to move way, yeah, way yeah, north? Yeah. yeah, no, no. Giving me like a little wildlife park, allowing me to disband my units and just, you know, live happily ever after as a, as a Texan refuge. As a vassal state? Well, not even that. Just, just, just letting me be dead. But so you have yeah. like a little bit of a, a non-SC territory that's coloured Texas. Well, they can give me a supply centre, like and I won't, I'll, I'll never build there. You know, you know. I mean, I've just, just, just it's perfectly ironic, given you know they want to build a wall down there, and it, it would be nice for you know a Texan refugee to be allowed to live in Wisconsin forever. 
Oh, well, I don't know if they'd agree to that. I think they find Wisconsin a bit too cold, but anyway. No, but they, you know, anyway, look, look, they're talking so about that. So you're down to two SCs. Yes, this yeah, is I'm, a, I'm about to get destroyed. I, I realise that. Is it 35 or 34 play game? So we've already had three players knocked out. Yeah, I'm glad I'm not first. But And, um, yeah, you're not too far off it. There's um, four other players that are down to two, two supply centres. But, hey... It's not just you that are kind of in a bit of a bind. You're, you're kind of getting Yeah, so explain this, this, this weird-ass convoy to me, Ambie. I mean, you... So, you, Kanan's it, asking it, it about my like players' Nigeria. It looked like you had a nice little friendly relationship with Congo. And, of course, we don't know shit about the Congo, but it looked like you had a good friendship with the Congo. Okay, so... And so what happened? Why did you convoy in a friendly manner into the centre of someone else's... Friendly space. What, okay. what was going on there, please? Okay, okay. Well, this is a good question. I think it's. I think it deserves an answer. So, because all I can think of is a drive. So, for starters, one of the one of the players that have been knocked out is North Africa, and okay. I kind of helped a little bit with that. Um, and I got myself. I think I, I took. I, to, I took a totally different strategy to normal with this gun. Totally different strategy. Okay. Normally. With most games, the first couple of turns, maybe even the first three turns, you can get away with sitting on the fence, not offending anybody. Usually. Okay. Usually by autumn phase of the second turn, you, you kind of need to make a call which side of the fence you're going to sit on. You've got to jump somewhere. Yeah, you've got to jump somewhere, right? I decided not to do that. Instead of attacking anyone, I just sat there, did nothing. Did Fuck all, okay? Let other things go around me. Because just to see how things kind of transpired. And I've kind of learnt this from games. I thought, I've seen players do this, and I thought, it's worked well for them. What it kind of meant was it... Meant so that you did decide to antagonise? No, I didn't antagonise anyone. What it meant, okay. though, was that other players then started on that, that second year, autumn yes. phase, stabbing somebody. So in which case, that was well and truly... Congo and South Africa, up against East Africa. It was well and truly Catholica and Saudi taking out North Africa. And around that stage, I thought, okay. I also had to worry about my Western flank with Amazonia and with Argentina. Oh, yeah, because there's an island there that's owned by Cape Verde. Amazon. Yeah. Yep. So, um, I thought, look, what I'll do is I'll just sit easy, see how it goes. And it looked like you were doing well for a while there, mate. I was doing well in the sense that no one was attacking me. Okay? But what became obvious to me, and this was, this came from conversations probably more with South Africa than with Congo. Oh, the bit where you, you, know, you attacked Tripoli and... I didn't attack Tripoli. Yes, you attacked did. Tripoli. No! You attacked Tripoli in spring 2103. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Proof positive, right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I decided to do that. Yeah, you're right. Okay, cool. Okay. So I did that first, and that didn't work out for me. But the reason it didn't work out for me, Kana, was that was actually a planned move. It was organised with Egypt. It was organised oh, with Egypt. Okay. That's why, sorry, when you said attack, I went, I don't fucking attack him then. Oh, right. Okay, I stand corrected. It was an organised dismantling. 
And that was part of a plan at the time to keep everybody else, because you know how I said, I was trying to maintain balance with everyone else, not piss anyone else off? How do you do that? You've got to be shown to be attacking somebody. So you attack somebody that you kind of organise to jointly attack each other. Yeah, yeah, but this is the bit that I don't understand. It's the following year, right? Or the following we have. No, go back to you... the one before that. Okay, so 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 the time that I, I attacked in inverted commas, Africa. Oh, sorry, North Africa. Okay. Spring twenty one oh three. So what? I had a plan. At this spring twenty one oh three, I had this staged attack against North Africa to kind of keep Congo, with Congo thinking that I wasn't heading his way. And part of that was around about a build I had in Lagos. They convoyed all the way over to uh, Ivory Coast. The Ivory Coast, okay. Totally away from from um, Congo. Yes, okay. I'll and the rationale was, I was just moving him over there so that I could actually move him back to smack bang in the middle of Congo's territory. Congo knew that. No, of course not. Oh, okay. The idea was, if Congo kept moving away towards um, East Africa, he'd move all of his units up that way, and he'd be exposed. Ah, so you're playing balance of power. That's what you're doing. Maybe, yes. Yeah, okay. All right. Okay. So, so this is it. You get Bounce and Tripoli, you get Bounce and Chad by arrangement with Egypt. Right, that, that, that's very cool. This is happening in spring 2103, you know, and that, that's a pretty standard diplomatic thing. Yeah. Yet the next season, Congo supports you into Chad, right? Egypt gets taken by Arabia. And... You convoy into Equatorial Guinea. Equatorial Guinea. So, so, so this looks like like a, a real major. What's going on? Because whilst point, also I'm attacking the Angolan basin. Yeah, it, yes. With, uh, with Argentinian help from South Helena. Yeah. So, so my question is, what happened in this season? Okay. What led you to, to do the settlements? Well, it was the precursor to that. So there's two things that were the kicker for me. Okay. Actually, three things. Three things were the kicker. Things. Yeah. The first was I'd maintained okay conversation with South Africa at that point of time. Yes. But it became clear to the way that South Africa was framing his discussion that he was both in his conversation and on the board heavily tied to Congo. Okay. So I kind of felt that when it came to um, the situation where if South Africa and Congo ended up taking out East Africa... Where to next? Where yep. to next? I was next on the chopping block. Mm. Okay, so that was that. Okay. Yep. Secondly, I did find at the time that Congo had been a little bit unreliable in support because whilst in that preceding turn I had that organised bounce with North Africa against Chad, at the same time it actually negotiated with Congo that he would support me into Chad. But he didn't. But he didn't. Oh, no. Right. Okay, that's the second thing. Third thing, which I'm trying to fucking remember. <laughs> Someone's in your ear. So, anyway, so you... I know, I know. The third thing was, I've been talking to Argentina, and Argentina had indicated that he was going to help support me into Angolan Basin, but at the same time, I thought 
he was also going to either tap, he was going to tap whatever WVARE is, so that I would be an Indian there and be in a critical position to then take out Liberia and actually uh, make a successful attack on Congo. Well, you can't trust that, you know. It was roughhouse. Roughhouse. <laughs> Fucking roughhouse. <laughs> anyway, actually, I do legitimately, I legitimately think that he either was, he didn't mean to or whatever like that. But anyway. Yep, 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 yep. yep. So that was going on, and at the same time, I'm also balancing my relations with Amazon and Catholica in the north. All right. Okay. okay. All right. So, 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 so you've given us excuses, right? You've, you've, <laughs> you've, you've convoyed back out of the uh, offending territory, and you've, you've moved. So, so, what's going on? Argentina must be looking at you and saying. Well, this guy is not actually committed to an attack on the Congo, and Congo must be going, okay, all right, we're kind of friends, but at the same time, Congo's attacking South Africa. Congo's not attacking South Africa. What do you call that? He's just moved to... Oh, that's just a trade. You know that. That's the way things work. Oh, anyway, we'll wait and see. I think I'm going to survive longer as a... As a, as a refugee Texan Park than you are, but we'll, we'll wait and see. My, we'll my and thing see. at the moment is that I've been very, very transparent, I feel, with my neighbours all around me. I've made it very, very clear that my initial moves against Congo were what I felt was a rational course of action at the time, Okay. but in hindsight, really wasn't that wise a move. Pretty dumb. And I've actually, done a mea yeah. culpa for that. I moved totally away from Congo. So Congo understands that. And I've explained those actions through to other players in the region. So um, we'll see where we go from here. Good luck, Andy. That's all and I, I wish say. you good luck too, Kana. I, 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 I have Best faith. I have faith that one of my northern allies is going to offer me safe refuge in Fortress America. God bless. Well, look, they don't even have to <laughs> offer. You, they don't even have to offer you safe refuge. They just got to say, "Hey, Kana, can you be? Can you be my bitch? Can you kind of help support me against Mexico?" And you go, "Hell yeah!" Um, well, know, Mexico's just Illinois, ended Illinois, into a bit of a like a little, with, uh, Would you like a little bit of Houston? Actually, first off, how about if I tap Houston and you can take New Orleans? No, don't mind if I do. We'll or see. maybe, hello, friendly Canada. How about you take start moving into that whatever CPL? What's CPL? Uh, Central Plains. Okay. And then on to Albuquerque's looking nice this time of the year. How about you take that? So um, we'll see how we go. Yeah, I'll be a, I'll be I'll just be basically a dog's body from now on. I was too. You're a lesser dog's body, I'm a moderate dog's body. But we're just dog's bodies. Ah, such a slight. Right. Finished with that one? Pet peeves. Pet peeves. So last episode we um, we discussed our concerns around NMRing and just talked around that whole issue and then we posted out to the forums of VDIP, WebDIP and PlayDIP around what was the pet peeves of players when it comes to online diplomacy and I was literally surprised the volume of stuff that we had coming back particularly from VDIP and, and um, PlayDIP yes 
um, around pet peeves on the, um, the online diplomacy space. Now, I originally planned to then put out whatever the pet peeve was to the admins of each of those three sites about well, what, are their, what are their thoughts on this, how are they maybe trying to rectify this pet peeves. Right. But I kind of forgot about that in the run-up to our recording <laughs> until today, and I thought it's too late now. So, fortunately, I, there was a couple of issues that were raised that really you can't, as an admin, have much of an influence on. So we're going to talk about one of those or two of those today? Oh, let's talk about one of them. One of those. One, just, just do one of them. Which um, one would you, should we talk about? I'm leading towards this discussion of metagaming. Metagaming. So we talked yeah. about metagaming again also back at the story... No, the Storybridge Hotel. We haven't been there. Um, the Regatta Hotel. Regatta? The Regatta? No. no. Back um, Breakfast Creek Hotel. There we are. We need more drinks. Um, we did talk around about... Remember um, metagaming assholes? Metagaming assholes. We had that conversation. Yeah. But there's been... A fair number of people saying metagaming really shits them off. And then other people have kind of had their say around, look, when you mean metagaming, do you really mean metagaming or do you mean such and such? So, Essentially, metagaming is when you take one game or work across games to influence whatever game that you're playing. So you say, I don't know, you're playing a game of, we're playing two games of classic. Andy? Yes. Right, and I happen to be Turkey in one, Austria in the other, and you happen to be... Uh, Russia in one, Germany in the other. Yeah, something like this. And we make an agreement where, Andy, I will give you one supply centre in game A in exchange for another supply centre in game B. And we work cross platforms like that. Do you think it's just that, or is it more than that? Well, the, the, yeah, the, there's that, that's a, more a very than simple. That. That, that, simple that, that's in the most crass, obvious way of what metagaming is. Is, is you're actually using games to affect cross games. See, like one thing, like this is where the grey line. Oh, I don't. I personally don't consider it metagaming. But let's say, for example. I have a positive experience with a player in a game. I ally with them, it all works out well, and I go, you know, that player, we're pretty good. I get on well with them, we work well as a team, and I happen to know they're in a subsequent game, I'm in that game, we can work together, we start working together. Is that metagaming? Uh, no, that's not metagaming, unless it's an unbreakable alliance. That's, that's the main thing, isn't right. it? You've got some yeah, type no, of... You, you're, you're, you're still playing with that person. You're still aiming for the win. Yeah. Metagaming really kicks in if you, you know, you're really never going for the win and you're always aiming to draw with that person and that sort of stuff. I guess... I guess the most blatant version of metagaming is where, you, you know, you've got a bunch of mates who are you know who you play games with in your local games club and you decide to you know join a game of diplomacy in order to alter the outcome right and you know each other outside it's not multi-gaming 
where you know you 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 make well we know each other from yeah. the outside but we don't you and kind I, of yeah and you know the amount we of stab each stab other is, is, is. have a bit of fun exactly right i was but actually disappointed that i i drew in that furnace of, of affliction all the way in africa and you're all the way in, in texas something i'm never going to get to stab him yeah but there, there's been a lot of ones where we have stabbed each other yeah you know quite effectively on both sides yeah um, but but this is you know that an obvious one is that you know let's say you and I were to join a game and say off record we will never attack each other and we'll go for the draw on this regardless of what. Yep. Yeah, that that would be a, a pretty gross violation of what metagaming is. Absolutely. Yes. Yep. Um, and, and another form of metagaming is well. Making a, a, an agreement with, or, or an agreement to, just kind of come, kind of, you know, rub my back. I'll rub your back in a future game, right? Okay, so make let me survive in this game, and I will next time we meet, make sure you survive in the next game. And that's a pretty, pretty horrendous way of looking at the game of diplomacy, and especially so that you. Yeah, you really want to be thinking that each game is stands up on its own right. I mean, you're meeting people from all over the globe, many of whom have never played each other. Yeah. And so, I guess this is why safeguards are actually there. You know, you can play anonymous games. Well, I was going to say that's yeah, that's that's the way of getting around it, isn't it? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Sorry, it's no guarantee because let's say got a group of players who maintain lots of face-to-face -face contact and they decide effectively to game the system. Let's, yeah. And we've seen this in games before where uh, a group of players, maybe three or four players will join a game and, and you know two or three other non-suspecting players of the community will join up and just get smashed by these other players and then they'll fight it out between themselves. You know, it's like a... Yeah, it's a particularly horrendous yeah. fly trap. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a honey trap. Uh, so yeah, so that's what meta gaming is, and that's why it's it, it, it oughtn't be there. Um, but you know, I mean, naturally, some sorts of meta gaming exists, right? I mean, that's just human nature in the sense that you know you've, you've been around for a while and you you, you do start to recognise certain player styles, particularly players you end up bumping heads in. You know, you've, you've got your favourite variants. You yep. play, and that particular player has well, also has those variants as yep, their favourite variants. You can sort of bump heads against them a number of times. You start to recognise their, um, I don't know, their, 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 their communicational style. Yep. Yeah. Um, I've got, you know, in a sense, I've, I met a game in that I've blocked a few players who I have recognised that that person is incompatible with me. I'm not going to play with that game with that person again in any game. Uh, you know, and in a sense, that's like meta gaming. In that, I, I I I refuse to want to play with that particular play style. That that person pisses the shit out of me, and I just really want to. Easily recognisable. Yeah, I still have a couple there. Um, Oh, that's all right. But no, no. But you know, having said that, you know, I'm, you know, I, I have been slowly removing 
players off that block list. I do, I have. Um, but that that is also metagaming in a sense. How many were on it? Hey? How many were on it? Uh, about three at the moment. I, like I said, I've been removing What is it down to now? It's down to three now. It's down to three now. What was it up to? Well, I had about 20 odd. <laughs> oh, shit. I felt bad when I had two players blocked and I kind of ended up kind of letting them kind of give in to them and letting them play. Being fair, I went through a period where I thought, you know, I would just block players who missed phases regardless if I was in a game. Ah, okay. and, so know, it was less to, do, been, less to do with them being having, assholes yeah, yeah, yeah. and more to do with the fact that they just weren't respectful of the game. And myself, having done that recently in the last year, I, I felt that that was unfair for me to have them on block lists if I was guilty of the similar crime. <laughs> Very true. Anything more we need to add about metagaming? No, look, I'd just like to, um, I suppose, thank those who particularly nominated metagaming so, as being a, a major issue as far as they were concerned. So um, I think there was, um, actually it was Benjamin Hester who actually raised it within VDIP, but a number of players also raised it in PlayDIP. So um, thanks again to uh, Ghost Echo and Warsmith for their comments around metagaming. I guess... I, I suppose we've got enough time to either do one more debt, uh, you know, dip thieve, one p, or we can do uh, we can just talk a little oh, bit. I about don't know. I'm going to actually be apps. home by around about three o'clock for Mrs. Amby to go down to Bunnings to look at kitchen renovation oh. stuff. So I'm running a bit late as it is. Yes. Right. Well. So maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe it's time to wrap this up, Amby. So um, I will say that we did get in the Diplomacy Games email box a little while back a request relating to, hey, you guys really should be looking also at some of the Diplomacy apps that are around. Yes. And uh, I then proceeded to not find, I couldn't find where the fuck that email was, who it was, and what they actually suggested. <laughs> well, you know, th th there's a few dip apps out there. Um, there's one which... Uh, oh, look, sorry, sorry, I, I'm kind of lost on it too. I mean, look, the one that I, 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 I am, am closestly familiar with is Real Politic, which is a standalone adjudicator of uh, uh, the diplomacy map. Yep. Essentially. Um, and that, that's very closely related to PHP. If you code a variant for real politic, it's very easy to convert that to uh, the PHP code and put it into a server um, like B Diplomacy or Web Diplomacy. Maybe you should talk to Ollie about doing that one. Um, other diplomacy apps? I don't, I don't really know. I, I don't know what is actually out there. So, in other words, if listeners have an experience with diplomacy apps that they'd like to recommend, let us know. Let us know. Remind us, and uh, we'll have a look into them. Maybe. Yes. We well, will. at least we'll at least we'll try to look into them. I mean, I, I did. I did. I have. I have pulled up. Like, like it's not. How, how to say? It's not. Um, it's not apps as such, but you know, you got your D 
DJ judges, you know, your dip judges. Yeah. Um, you've got you've got your different um, adjudication software, but look, I, I personally, I'm just not aware of any sort of you know mobile gaming platform which allows for diplomacy to occur on, on, on your phone. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I don't mean, know either. I mean, between... Like, like Facebook app or Snapchat. Well, see, Snap, I mean, I, I was... Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know about Facebook app. I mean, there's like a Facebook game group thing that I kind of initially got into before I found WebDip, before I found OllyDip, before I found VDip. But yeah. that was so long ago. I mean, yeah. I, I, honestly, I, 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 I killed my Facebook account because I got pissed off with it, you know, and, um, and that's been for two years, so I, I don't, I'm not really someone to sort of say, hey, Kana, what's going on in the world of apps in relation to diplomacy? I'd be, I'd be I'm, I'm, I'm totally lost, I, I am not. Well, maybe we actually need to talk to someone who knows their shit app, in software the app space. Yeah, we probably should. Yeah. And speaking of people we ought to be talking to, um, if you would like to be interviewed, you know, this is like a shout out. Private message me or Ambi. Um, because, you know, I mean, look, we want different points of view to the game. Yes. And the interviews are, you know, they're really cool little hour segments. And we're pretty flexible, aren't we, Ambi? As to the time. As, as long as it's around about the time that we're awake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're not hungover. And I'm not too hungover. You know, but, but yeah, I mean, look, if PM us um, in regards to interviews, we would be interested in interviewing you if there's something you would like to talk about that's of pressing importance, you know. I mean, a couple of things is I spoke to my wife recently and asked her, hey, what do you think about coming along to do an interview on the game of diplomacy with me and Andy and she said fuck off <laughs> I said well why is that she said, I fucking hate that game it's a piece of shit I, it, but, but this is what I don't understand you know I mean she, she loves games and I don't know why she doesn't like that game another avenue I mean if you're a developer or if you're interested in I don't know looking at, 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 at some weird thing in history which would, would be interesting to sort of chat about which we have like, I don't know, the Ethiopian succession or uh, some sort of, you know, Argentinian war of independence. I don't know if they, they did. But no, well, I reckon actually an Argentinian war that's... between Argentina and Britain over the Falklands. Over the Falklands war. I mean, if you're an expert in that, like, how about, you know, just drop us a line because, you know, It'd be really cool to talk about this stuff. So, anyway, that's just my two cents. Very good. Out of a penny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Well, we better start wrapping it up. Um, we will say a big thank you to a Wandering Moose who provided us with our first iTunes review. Um, some really good insight and comments there. Uh, thank you for the five-star rating. And, again... It doesn't take very long, just even if you just go five stars or four stars or you guys are shit, one star. Preferably not one star. Preferably not. It doesn't take yeah. too long just yep. to kind of go click a button and um, 
provide a couple of words to help us uh, get the message out about diplomacy to the uh, the podcasting community. Is there anything else we've got, Kana, before we wrap it up? All good. All good. Okay. Well, we're both out of drinks. I need to go look at kitchen benches. And I'm going to stagger to the ferry. So. Excellent. Oh, well, I'm Ambie. I'm Kana. And you've been listening to the Diplomacy Games. Cheers. Thank you. Bye.